Welcome to episode number 85 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. In this week's episode, we're talking about legal love with Lisa Fraley. And I know those things might not sound like they go together, but Lisa actually combines them in a way that makes them really, really easy to understand. Lisa Fraley is a legal coach and attorney, and she's got a long history as a former healthcare attorney in a large corporate law firm and also training as a coach. And so it makes her really unique in our industry because for those of us who want to integrate coaching or functional medicine, or we want to understand what our licensure uh, you know, says that we can and can't do, Lisa is a really good resource. So if you don't know about her, check her website out. The information is in the uh, show notes, so you can book a free legal chat with her. But I just really wanted to bring her on because I use some of her products and her DIY templates, which are super easy to use. And I also wanted to just share her as a resource for those of you who are getting going. If there's one question I get most, it is, hey, if I want to do some health coaching or some coaching, what do I have to do and what can I do with my license? And Lisa has a lot of really good answers and sound advice. So without further delay, this is a great conversation that I have with Lisa. I also picked her brain a little bit just about being an entrepreneur and building her own practice. And it was just fascinating to see from one coach to another why she chose coaching and, and how she's integrated into her business. So, so she's a great example of what's possible when you have a thriving career and then you add coaching in as a secondary option to, you know, really kind of change what you do and how you do it. So, so let's get to it and enjoy. And, uh, if you want to reach out to her, remember all of the details are in the show notes. Okay. Let's get to work. Hi, Lisa. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. And I, it's a pleasure to have you. So Lisa Fraley, welcome to the Nurses Living the Good Life podcast. I wonder if you first would tell people who you are and what you do. Well, first, Anne, thank you so much for having me. I love that you're helping nurses live the good life, but also teach them all the business skills that they need to know to run their own practices and have great success in their lives and fulfillment. So thank you so much for having me. Um, I am, I call myself a legal coach and attorney, but I started out as a healthcare lawyer working in a large law firm uh, in Ohio with licensed practitioners, actually. Not the medical malpractice side, but everything for how to run your business in a way that you're keeping yourself legal. And along the way, I became a life coach through Coach U and a health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And for a while, after I left the big firm, I was hanging out my shingle as a health coach and so many of my health coaching friends and people with backgrounds in medicine were like, but Lisa, you know, we're trying to expand in this online space, which is so new to all of us. And we have no idea how to do that. So I kind of pulled it all together and brought some coaching skills and the heart of a coach into the practice of a lawyer. And so now I help all kinds of licensed practitioners and spiritual practitioners and holistic practitioners take easy legal steps um, that I align with the chakras actually, that will help them um, not make the law so intimidating or so confusing and to try to make things easy and light and accessible and affordable. Okay. And in full disclosure, I use Lisa's products. So if anybody out there is like, how'd she find this chick? I use them and I like them which is why I recommend them. And so why also why I asked Lisa to come on here. So, okay. Just as my little small disclaimer there. So, Thank okay. You, and you model that beautifully because you do need to disclose that. So excellent yeah. work. Yeah. So that's my disclosure, my formal disclosure. So, um, okay. Okay. So um, I love the, that this is just a lovely way to combine two things that you are passionate about, but what made you then have a desire to 
leave or, or change kind of the, what you were doing in law and then pursue coaching in both of those programs? Yeah. Well, I think like many people who have experienced either corporate America or a large hospital or a large medical system, or just, it can feel very confining um, when your soul or heart is a little more expansive than the structure allows. So I received incredible, great training, literally from the lawyers in the law firm. It was a very forward-looking, open-minded, wonderful law firm. And I also just felt like there were so many parts of me that weren't being used there. Like my mind was valued, my time was valued, but like, what about the rest of my person? What about my personality and my heart and my soul and my desire to serve and help in other ways? So I just felt really burned out. I was living very unhealthfully, like, you know, caffeine and sugar and coffee and horrible uh, ways to take care of myself. And I just needed to leave all together. This is not uncommon from working in a big firm, but it was, I just couldn't keep working till nine o'clock at night every day and working on weekends and it just was too much. So I left and regrouped and then um, kind of spent some time actually working in nonprofit and also pursuing coaching. And what I loved about the coaching piece was I think a piece that a lot of nurses and advanced practice nurses appreciate, which is the, con the client connection right? The care of your patient or the care mm -hmm. of a client where you really are trying to address them personally and what their personal needs are and just connect with them. And, you know, as a lawyer in a big law firm, I was doing a lot of paper pushing and researching, and I was a little bit disconnected from actually the clients themselves, which is typical when you're a young lawyer in a big firm. And I wanted more direct contact and more heart, honestly, in my work. And that's why now my whole brand is called Legal Love, which some people think is hilarious, but I like to bring the heart and the love into law, which desperately needs it. Um, because there is a way that you can protect yourself and honor your practice and protect your work and do it in a way where it feels better. It feels good. It feels supportive. It feels like you're holding and supporting your business. So then was coaching for you more what you needed for yourself to really kind of like take a pause and see these are like, what do I want? What are my next steps? Or was it coaching feels um, familiar in terms of the skill set of, mm -hmm. you know, helping people in terms of like, there's a gap analysis. You are here today in your current state. You have a desire to be here in your future state. And I'm going to help you close the gap and we're going to navigate, you know, how to do that. Was coaching that for you or was it more like, no, I, I, I needed a different way and it wasn't the legal, like the traditional legal route or Great I'm curious. Great question. So the, the deeper side of the story is that my focus is, was even in college was always around bioethics and ethics, which of course is the ethics of life. And I took a lot of political philosophy. I was a political science major, but I really love the philosophy, the religion side, sort of the comparative theories of how we choose to live our lives and what values we choose as a society or personally to live our lives. And when, when you go to law school, I chose Case Western Reserve in Cleveland, where you're located, specifically because a bazillion years ago when I went there, um, it was in the top three health program, like health law schools in the country. And I wanted to focus on healthcare law and bioethics, but bioethics in and of itself, you couldn't study in law school as a focus. So I took a lot of healthcare law. And so my two passions have always been around sort of this philosophy of life and how do we make decisions and how do we move ourselves forwards and personal growth and personal care and health and fitness and helping people 
be well, helping people feel healthy and well. And the legal part was always fascinating to me. Um, I started off as pre-med actually, and then switched to pre-law, realizing I could do healthcare law and bioethics mm -hmm. down the legal track. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the blood didn't really work so well for me, but the theories all work great for me. Mm -hmm. So um, it was honestly pulling together this love of two things, sort of political philosophy, bioethics and ethics with actual healthcare, helping people be well, helping people be better with my you know, view of the healthcare system at its best, as we all hope that it would be to take people where they are and help them be healthier, um, not just managing disease conventionally. So it was uh, a, a beautiful way to combine two things, but move forward in a career that had a clear career path when I was young. As I've gotten older, I've been more open and more courageous to look outside of a conventional system, uh, to have my own law firm, my own legal practice, and to bring in the elements of love and coaching and sort of chakras and spirituality and the energetics of law, sort of the philosophy and energetics of law into the way that I work. But that wasn't available when I, 30 years ago, when I went to law school. What made you do IIN? Um, IIN, partly because remember how I said I was like living on sugar and caffeine and like giant handfuls of peanut M&Ms when I was at the law firm? Well, you know, I knew that I was goal oriented, as I know you are in many of your, your uh, group here is that I could pass a bar exam, I could run marathons, I could do these goal oriented things, but I could not get control of my sugar cravings, I could not figure it out. Anne. And so I went to IAN really just for my own personal interest of trying to figure out like, what is wrong with me that I can't get my body to stop craving sugar? Like I, little did I know I had low grade walking depression for 15 years, no idea. New depression ran in my family, but it was acute. It wasn't sort of this low grade yeah. lingering depression. Um, and so I had no idea that my neurotransmitters were all messed up. I had no idea that eating sugar was making it worse. I had no idea I was sugar sensitive. I was a vegetarian for 18 years, not necessarily a super healthy one when I was working all those hours, but I didn't realize that for my particular body, myself personally, I actually do better with meat. I actually needed the protein, the groundedness of the protein um, to harness the sugar. So my blood sugar would be more stabilized. Not that everyone has to eat meat to stabilize their blood sugar, but for me, it was dramatically different than using vegetarian protein sources. So I just needed to learn all that. I didn't know any of that at all. No fault to my family and my environment. I just never learned that. So IAN was really appealed to me because it taught these 50 dietary theories and you could figure out sort of which one worked best for your body. And that's when I realized that actually I did better with meat and thought, wow, my life might have felt a little different the past 15 years if I had actually been eating in a way that supported my physiology, but I didn't know about bioindividuality. I didn't know we were all different. And that, and IIN is what um, opened my eyes to that. And then I could change the way that I started living, working and eating, quite frankly. What do you like most about now? And how long ago did you start your business? I guess before we do that, how long have you been in your private practice and, or your, I don't know if you call it private practice, yeah, but your private practice, practice. Yeah. since 2012. So about 13 years or 11 years, pardon me, doing, doing okay. my math, 11 years. Thank you. Um, tell me, so 11 years in, mm -hmm. what do you like the best about having your own setup mm -hmm. and your own doing your own thing? Well, this kind of goes to your question about living the good life, because um, what I love is being able to set my own schedule. And ironically, remember how I said I didn't like working all those hours when I worked at the law firm? Well, isn't it interesting when you have your own business, you work a gazillion hours and it's very different because you, it's self-guided. 
I get to decide if I want to work that much or if I don't want to work that much. I happen to be a generator from human design and I actually receive a lot of joy from working. I love being able to connect with people and help them one-on-one advance their dreams and goals in a way that's legally safe so their energy can relax and their nervous system can relax and they don't have to worry and wonder if I'm doing something wrong. Um, We help them figure out how they can do it most, if not all of what they want to do in safe and legal ways, because the laws aren't as open-minded or progressive as holistic medicine or, or um, functional or integrative medicine is these days. And so I just enjoy the flexibility and the ability to set my own schedule and to go hiking at two o'clock in the afternoon with my husband, if I want to, or to go for a run at 9am if I want to, or to work until seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night, but because I want to. And it's, it's more fulfilling for me. Um, I travel a lot. We like to travel internationally. You can just pick up and go. And most of what you can do from your office, you can do while you're away these days. So I just really enjoy the flexibility and the ability to sort of be setting my own schedule. We see so many clients in our community who come in and they are craving more freedom and flexibility. And it, it sounds similar in that the thing I hear the most is, you know, I'm in a system that it just doesn't, it, it doesn't have the flexibility built in. And some people would say, I think for traditional, maybe RN role or for a nursing role, shift work is really nice. And those 12 hour shifts and, you know, 36 yeah. hours and you're done for the week, three days on, you know, four days off, lovely. And for, exhausting I think, too, yeah. I would think. Yeah. And yeah. and I think for those of us who then matriculate into doing a advanced practice nursing role where we're, you know, doing where we're, you know, maybe, I don't know, 50 or 60 hours a week and not including a lot of the charting that we come home with and, and the weight of all the work that we do. Um, and I think that freedom and flexibility is something that many people can't really access in a traditional system, whether it's the legal system, whether it's the healthcare system. And I have my own views on why that is. Totally um, understand. I'm right there but, with you. Yeah. But I, I think it's fascinating. So I, it's, it's, it's actually comforting, I think, to just hear that that's, you know, even that those of us in healthcare, we're not alone in terms of, yeah, it's this, you know, there are other people too, who get into these systems who have similar, um, you know, reservations about them and, and concerns and, you know, then opt out essentially to create something that's their own. Um, and the other quick thing is that for some people that structure is really helpful for them to be able to, to construct their lives or to have expectations with their family, or they like the certainty of it. And that's great. But what I love is that particularly since the pandemic where everyone was forced to have their schedules sort of shaken up a bit. Um, it did allow for some introspection for people to decide, is that working for me or do I want to do something different? And that there are options available that weren't necessarily um, available, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Do you find when you're, I, you know, I know you work with many advanced practice nurses in particular who are looking, who probably, and what, tell me if you could, in terms of uh, the type of client that comes to you, what their kind of most common concerns are, if you would just share those. And then I have a couple of questions just because I want to want to just um, touch upon some of the things that I think are really unique and, and interesting about what you do versus kind of somebody who's a general contract lawyer or, you know, Absolutely. or some other, but tell me, so what in your work, um, what do they, what have advanced practice nurses mostly come to you with questions about? 
Okay. There's two types of advanced practice nurses or um, licensed practitioners who come to me. The first are people who want to continue practicing nursing or medicine or physical therapy or whatever the case may be, but they're a licensed practitioner and they want to take a functional or integrative approach in the work that they do. And in some scopes of practice, they're allowed to do that in terms of people who want to help teach nutrition or teach um, involve lab tests or supplements or recommendations or protocols for people how to eat. And in some scopes of practice for certain practitioners, they can do that, advanced practice nurses, doctors, but not physical therapists. Like their scopes of practice don't include nutrition, for example. So I'd spend a lot of time helping people understand what they can and can't do around um, sort of a holistic approach to health or an integrative approach to health and bringing more functional or integrative work into their practice. I just talked to a nurse practitioner yesterday who um, actually is in Mississippi and heartbroken because where she is in Mississippi, and I'm not saying this is true for all of Mississippi, but for where she is in Mississippi, her community isn't open to functional medicine. Her super corresponding physician is not open to supervising her in taking a functional approach. And it was just breaking her heart. So we were trying to figure out options for her as to what she could do um, to be able to take a more functional approach, but obviously in a way that's legal and that follows the laws of her state with her um, corresponding physician. So that's the first type of practitioner. The second type of practitioner is um, any type of licensed practitioner who wants to expand outside of their state lines. And this is interesting because when we had the pandemic, as I'm sure all of you know, the laws were loosened a bit, certainly around HIPAA, because people are now sitting at their kitchen table with their laptop, with their kids and their husband and their wife and their partner and their dog and their kids, whoever walking by, which is all the HIPAA violation. So HIPAA clearly was relaxed in many ways and to allow video conferencing or phones sometimes, or even some messaging outside of an EMR and things like that, just because we were, whether you think we should have been or not is a different matter, but we were in a state of emergency in our country and everyone was trying to figure out what to do to help people get uh, physical care and mental health care, particularly at the beginning. So the other piece of that is some licensure laws were relaxed, as you all probably know, too, to allow people in neighboring states to be able to reach an advanced practice nurse or doctor in a state that's closer to them, actually, than their doctor was in their own state. So people were allowed to practice outside of their licensure for a period of time. And that, I think what happened during COVID is that it opened up people's eyes to want to reach people outside of their state. But what also happened is that people didn't realize that after the pandemic was declared to be a no longer a national emergency, that those laws for the most part have reverted. Some telehealth laws have remained more open by allowing you to, let's say, have a video conference with a patient prior to seeing them in person, but that's still limited to the walls of your state where you're licensed. You can't telehealth and have telemedicine with someone in a different state if you're not licensed in that state. So now I'm helping practitioners navigate these types of laws. How does telemedicine work? But what if I wanna work with someone who's in California and I'm licensed in Kansas? What can I do? Can I do an educational program? Can I do a group program? Can I work with them one-on-one? -on -one? What can I do that isn't going to violate my licensure but I'd like to expand my reach? So now a lot of my work is literally around, I have a, a a new program that's called Protect Your Practice and Expand Your Reach because we want to help people know what they can and can't do and ways to do it and where the risk lies. Um, I'm a huge fan of helping you find the legal ways to do things so that you can stay in energetic alignment and your nervous system can stay relaxed and you don't have to worry about people investigating you or 
supporting you or coming after you or being confused or just all the things that can come with uncertainty about laws and helping uh, practitioners to be able to expand, but in ways that, that are actually legal and safe. So then you're, so here's a good question for you. <laughs> how many, <laughs> how many of the advanced practice nurses that come to you are, woke, are again, disappointed and frustrated mm. and, or like, what am I to do if I'm in a state, like a state like Mississippi or a state that doesn't have full practice authority, like Ohio, we yes. don't have yet. I know. Hopefully fingers crossed. Many states you know, don't. Many right? states don't. I think only 26 out of 50 yes. have full practice authority. And I'm curious, cause I know what my answer is. So like when they come to you, so, you know, disappointed mm-hmm. and discouraged because they, you reveal to them like, well, actually, if we're going to stay within the legal confines of what you're able to do and protect you from a legal standpoint, then, you know, providing these services outside of the state may not be the best. It may not be, isn't advisable. So totally. what, what do you do then? Like, what do you, Yeah. I mean, what then, what do you recommend to them to do? Yeah. So my whole philosophy is that even though the law isn't supportive of some of the things that we want to do, my whole philosophy is to help you get clarity about next steps that you can take and to focus on what you can do to help you shift from a place of feeling frustrated to shift to a place of, oh, if this is what you'd like to do, here are options for how you can do that. They may not look like what you think they might look like, but there are ways to do things. It's just slightly differently, perhaps, than what you think. And so I usually invite them to provide their agreement at the start of the conversation, that that's the philosophy we'll be taking as we go through our conversation. And I try to help them understand that, um, you know, so much of our identity is tied into our training, our education, our title, our experience. And believe me, when I left the big law firm and went and worked in nonprofit and coaching, I was like, wait, what? I'm not a lawyer anymore. Like, wait, I can't call myself a lawyer. Like, who am I? What am I doing? Like, who? I just spent all these years doing all this. Like, what? Yeah. what, what am I doing now? And so sometimes it takes a little bit of a shift in mindset to realize that you can take your knowledge with you no matter what approach you take to work with people, it's just that your title might be different or your education might be different or your work might be different. So what I help them do, and I'm prefacing all of that because often what I do help them do is figure out in their state what they're allowed to do first within their scope of practice. Second, if they are allowed to um, work one-on-one, particularly a lot of my Clients want to do work around nutrition or, like I said, functional medicine or lab testing or supplement recommendations. So I help them figure out which what their state al- would allow them to do. Some states allow you to work one-on-one with people without a nutrition degree or re- being a registered dietitian or being a medical practitioner with nutrition in your scope of practice. Um, but there's still 15 states, including Ohio, that don't. You have to be licensed to be able to work with nutrition. So I help them understand what their options are. And then for some those people in states where nutrition isn't an option in the work that they're currently doing, I educate them about there are options of, of creating a second profession and becoming trained as a health coach and calling yourself a health coach and Um, sharing your education and degrees that you've earned, perhaps as a nurse practitioner or a certified nurse midwife or whatever type of practice nurse you are, but you're not going to be using your title as a nurse. You're not going to lead or even share your title and help you figure out how you can work one-on-one 
with people across state lines, but in an entirely different profession with different training, different background, different business, different title, different everything. Because unfortunately, medicine, as you all know, is licensed in our country at the moment. And you can only work with patients in the states where you're licensed. That has not changed. Even with COVID, that has not changed at this point. However, there are other professions like health coaching or wellness coaching or spiritual practitioner work or other things that you can do that do allow you in most states, not all, to go outside of your state lines, but you just can't practice medicine. It's a different profession entirely where you're helping people meet them where they are, help them getting healthier, help them strengthen their systems or their gut health or their brain health or their nervous system health. But you're not working with diagnoses. You're not working with treatments. You're not actually providing treatment plans for any diagnoses. It's just an entirely different way. I like to say, Anne, it's the difference between a physical therapist who rehabilitates a torn ACL in a knee to get it from broken to whole, essentially, or ideally back to whole, right? It's a restorative and reparative and rehabilitative process versus a personal trainer who needs to know if someone's had a knee injury or a knee surgery or went to a physical therapist, but then is training the person for a marathon. So they're not the, the personal trainer akin to a health coach in the analogy we're making is not there to address the diagnoses of the torn ACL. They're just there to know about the torn ACL. So they don't take someone off on some training, you know, uh, program that will re-injure the person. So you can still work with people around health and wellness, but it's an entirely different way than you work with them in medicine. Yes, both, both professors are talking about a knee, both are talking about ACLs, both are talking about moving the body, but for very different reasons, very different purposes and very different businesses. Mm -hmm. I love that. I would, and look, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you something. I tell all the NPs who come to me and CRNAs and CNMs and all of them, they're like, oh my gosh, so it's so terrible. I'm not going to be able to open my business. Or even, even sometimes if it's not like a collaborative state or they know their scope of practice and, uh, and they either can't find a collaborating physician or they have a collaborating physician. However, they are, um, you know, the telehealth rules, uh, like, I always tell them, I'm like, there are 26 states that have full practice authority. You have the ability, if you choose to go into those yeah. states and to get licensed and then Correct. to provide the service, if you so choose. And by the way, it could be totally feasible that you are the advanced practice nurse who resides in the state of Ohio, who does not necessarily practice ever in the state of Ohio, but practices only in the states where she has uh full practice authority. So, Legend and there, sure. and, and I, and I just love that. And I'm like, I, it's just that, that I think we sometimes, I speak from my own personal experience and the work that I do of talking to, to many clients about it, which is like, we get sometimes so focused on what we can't do that we forget what we can do. And I think Correct. that's similar to just what you were talking about. We have so many skills that we can repackage and repurpose in a way that really goes above and beyond or is different than the work that we do under the scope of practice under, under our licensure. And I just, I, I never, I have to admit, admit that I never envisioned this would be such a big conversation about, you know, what you could do with the, all of the education and the training and all of the <laughs> expertise that you've honed, you know, and how you could repurpose that and repackage it in a way that, you know, allowed you to still make a living, do good work, create a lot of impact and do it in a way that was legal and that wasn't going to put you at risk of losing all your assets. Um, and you know, or, and talk or, about all day long. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, 
I love it. I think there's, you know, there's always that opportunity. And I always, my default is always like, so go get licensed in a bunch of full practice authority states. It's a pain in the ass typically because you're ending up, you know, having to make sure that you are in compliance with all of their rules and regs and And continuing education. And and I should mention, and I didn't mention that right away because many of the people who come to me don't want that option. I do share that option. First, you can become licensed. Second, here's what you can do within your scope of practice. Third, here's options outside of your profession where you can do other things that are related to issues you care about. If you care about functional medicine or medicine or health or helping people get healthier, these are some other options. So you've hit, those are the three, those are the three main ways to do it. Yeah. And I'm glad you encourage people to get licensed in other States. It is a pain and it does give you full freedom and ability to do what you love and use your title and use your education and use your profession and work with patients. And you still have to be HIPAA compliant and using EMR and do all the things that you would normally do use informed consent, all of that, but you are having more freedom to do it. Yeah, no, I love it. Okay. Tell me then, um, number one, I I'm curious to hear just from your own journey of entrepreneurship and building your own business. Yeah, we, I always ask, or usually try to ask for all of my entrepreneurs that come on, if there's like something that you had known, is there, is there anything you wish you had known Mm. and that you would share with somebody else who was about to take on this path, um, you know, of entrepreneurship or going out on their own or figuring out their own gig? Um, I'm curious about that. And then I have another question, but, but answer that one first. What would you recommend? What do you wish you had known? I wish I had known, and I did learn this fairly quickly, but I wish I had sort of known from the beginning that for your progression in your new career, your new focus, your new practice, everything you do will be uncomfortable. Everything Mm -hmm. you do will take courage and you do it anyway. Meaning I never had a photo shoot before, I've never had my picture on my own website in a red dress, like smiling away. Felt really vulnerable at first because lawyers don't do that. We sit behind desks. We don't just like nurses, just like, like, it's not about us. It's about the patient. It's about the client. It's not about us. And here we are on our own website with our face everywhere. Like, not that it's about us, but people need to see you, to know you, to trust you, to like you, to relate to you, to understand who you are and feel your energy and connect with you. And, you know, the first newsletter I sent, terrifying, first podcast. I have a podcast, a hundred episodes of little legal steps called get legally enlightened. Terrifying. I wrote a book called easy legal steps that are also good for your soul. Terrifying. Um, when I did my first online course, a legal course, get legally covered, terrifying, like everything you, even now I launched a new course back in November. I've been doing this for 11 years online. I've been a lawyer for 30 years. Terrifying because we're stepping into a something new that we've never done before. And particularly when you're an advanced practice nurse or an, a, a someone with a lot of education and training experience, you know, your shizzle, you know what you're doing. You are the expert. You are legally the expert, actually, according to the law, you are the expert. The patient is not the expert. You are the expert. And all of a sudden you're doing all these things where you are not an expert and you do not feel like an expert and you are vulnerable and afraid and it feels raw and it feels nervous, which is the other piece of advice is that's why you need a mentor like Anne. That's why you need people who, she didn't tell me to say that, I promise. Ah. Um, You need a mentor like Anne or someone who can hold the vision with you and support Ah. you as you stretch yourselves in new ways where you're uncomfortable. And what I found, Anne, because I do work with so many professionals with gazillions of degrees, the higher the degree, the more degrees we have, the more we're afraid to fall. I've learned the higher skilled we are, the more successful we are, the more um, of a leader we are, the more we're scared that we could actually completely fall to the ground. 
which will probably not happen, but we think that it will. So recognizing it's scary, doing it anyway, drawing on your courage, resourcing it from other areas of your life where you've been courageous. I read about all that in my book actually, and having a mentor like Anne, that's how you move forward. And you just have to keep going. You can adapt, you can adjust, but you just have to keep doing it and pick yourself up and keep going. What do you think about uh, one of the things we talk about on this podcast is from James Clear, Atomic Habits about surrounding yourself with a community of people who, in addition to a mentor, what do you think about the benefit of communities for support in doing an endeavor that makes you feel like you want to vomit every other minute? What do you think about (laughs) that? What do you do? I think particularly at the beginning, certainly in the earlier years when you're beginning, it helps to see what other people are experiencing. You don't feel so alone in your fears. You don't feel so like, is it just me? Am I just really scared of this? Like what's wrong with me? I can do all these things, but I can't do this. What's wrong with me? You see that there are other people who can relate. I think the farther I go in my career, I now um, listen to my own barometer a bit more, but I still work with multiple coaches and multiple spiritual healers. um, And I am in some group coaching programs because I do like the support at this point in my career, I value personally working one-on-one with a coach because I can get to my own questions and solutions much faster. But at the beginning, when the whole thing felt so unfamiliar, it was really, really beneficial to have a whole community of people around me who could relate to exactly what I was feeling because you feel like an anomaly in the medical world or in the legal world, or like, who am I to write about law and chakras being aligned? What? That's not scientific. That's not rational. That doesn't make any sense. But it does when you start realizing that when you take legal steps, your energy shifts in how you show up in your business because you feel safer and you feel stronger and you feel more protected and you show up differently and your energy shows up differently. And when you show up differently, other things happen around you differently and you draw other people that might be matching that same energy. That's my personal philosophy, but you know, that lawyers don't talk about that and maybe aren't even aware of that. Um, but you feel more comfortable finding your own voice. I think when you're surrounded by people who understand the voice from which you're speaking. Yeah. I think too, just on a personal note, it's funny you say that. I think my I worked on it with my coach, which was, I felt like a zebra. I, that was the only way I could describe it uh-huh. when I was first out of, when I retired, retired from midwifery practice and, you know, started doing coaching and really only did the coaching component. And I was like, I'm a total zebra. Like I'm not, I don't, there's nobody like me and, and, and not in a, in an empowering way, not in a way that produced a lot of confidence in my body. It was in a insecure, like, mm-hmm. like, um, kind of just a fear-based, like, I don't know if this is going to work. And like, I'm ousted from the group or from the tribe. And so my limbic system was like, we are terrified, totally not good. You know, um, I can relate. No, right. So, um, I, it's so true. And I, I love that. And, and even the, um, just the nod to, you know, finding the community and having just that resource, whether it's in a one-to-one format, or I always recommend it too, to people. Cause I'm like, we don't have to do it alone. And I frankly think it's a lot harder to do it alone. Although I also, I, I also recognize I'm a relationship builder and value human connection and relationships and building them. And so, you know, um, if you know that about yourself, you know, why not engage in one of the things that create, that defines us as humans, which is that we are social beings and we like to feel connection. So use it yes. to your advantage when you are doing things that are 
feel inherently scary to you. I love that. Um, and also initially when you are, maybe your spouse, partner, family might speak your same language, but they may not. Right. Or your parent, my parents, for example, at first were like, huh, what, what are you doing? We don't, we don't understand. It was, they were loving and supportive, like, okay, that's great. But like, do you, they just didn't get it. They just, they're loving and supportive and wonderful parents, but they didn't really understand. And when you're around more people who understand your zebra kind of can lose its stripes a little bit because now you have a new group to be a part of where you belong and where you feel safe and where you can be truthful as to who you are and speak your truth of what your values are and your philosophy. And it feels um, less like we're stepping out from the old group and more like we're stepping into a new group. And that was very comforting when all of us together were taking all the steps that were new and uncomfortable for all of us. Yeah, no, I love that. Okay. Tell people, cause I'll, I, you know, in the beginning I said that I've used your products and I love, I think your DIY templates are so easy to use. I, you can find me if you know, I, I have done a testimonial for your website. Cause I really like them. I think they're just very clear cut. They're super easy to implement. I know that you have more resources beyond your DIY legal template. So Give us a smattering, give us like, if you would, just a preview of what, in addition to this course that you just launched, the other products that you have that can support you know, people who are going out there and building private practices and you know doing all the things. Absolutely. So the first is our course called Protect Your Practice Package, which actually helps teach you everything you need to know to go out beyond uh, your licensure and expand your reach in ways that are safe. If you're someone who wants to just add functional work into your current work and aren't really sure about lab tests and supplements and what am I allowed to do and not allowed to do, we have a functional medicine power hour, which is a 90 minute call with me that will go deep into understanding all of that as to what you're allowed to do and not do. That's very popular. Um, We also have, um, if you don't have any legal documents in place at all, um, we have a course called Go Bear Now, Get Legally Covered so you can go bear now, which is just kind of the cute way of saying, get your legal documents in place so you can show up more truthfully and honestly and without having to cover yourself and feel vulnerable. Um, And that gives you like seven legal templates uh, to put in place for your website and working with clients if you're a coach or doing uh, trademarking and lots of things that can help you with general practice. And then of course, we have uh, one hour power hours or 30 minute power hours, which are just paid consultations. If you have some questions outside of functional medicine or outside of how do I expand my reach, and you just need questions about your business or we will be able to answer those questions. And then we do conventional legal work, like forming an LLC or a PLLC or a PC or a S Corp. Or a um, trademark. Or, or a trademark or a copyright. Exactly. So we also do conventional legal work as well. Contract review, things like that. Okay, so good. it's a wide variety. Um, but the idea is we're geared to give you legal templates that are quick and easy and affordable, get you information through our legal courses or different types of power hours so that you have the information you need, and then also help you build your business structure with the LLC, S-Corp, and protect your brand, trademark, copyright, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. It's like total, uh, uh, what is it? Um, stem to st- My mother used to say stem to stern or um, oh, or nose to tail. Like one stop shop. We like to say one stop shop. <laughs> one stop shop. Yeah. Forever. That's great. Okay. How do people find you if they would like some more information? 
Absolutely. So we invite people to have a free 20 minute legal chat with my team at lisafraley.com slash legal chat. What is that? It's a 20 minute conversation that lets you share more about yourself and your questions and your business. And then we point you to the right resources you need, whether it's a particular template or maybe a paid conversation with me or one of our courses, but we try to value your time and help you get prioritized in what the legal questions are you have. And then we try to point you towards the most accessible, affordable resource that you actually need. Um, so lisafreely.com slash legal chat. And then the other thing is just on our website, lisafreely.com slash, uh, well, just lisafreely.com. You'll find all sorts of other resources, the podcast, the book, free tips, et cetera. Yeah, there and there. Um, I if you are in the for those of you who are listening, if you are in private practice in thirty days, that online course, you there is a link in the um, template that we've created, the private practice template with all of the goodies with the startup checklist, and it has a link to um, all of Lisa's products and all the DIY templates. So just to make it super easy. So okay, so any please get your templates through Anne's link, and if you forget, just note for us on the form. There's a form that says, how did you hear about us? Just tell us your, you heard of us through Anne and we'll make sure she's connected and that um, we thank her for sending you our way. So yeah, um, thank you're you. welcome to do that too. Tell them if there's any, anything else that you think is valuable just to share about what you do or um, anything that we haven't covered that would be just good for people to know about you and your services. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the, the things that come up a lot um, to from people who are starting to create their own new practice or work in a different way is sometimes people say, well, Lisa, if I'm just sort of starting this, do I really need legal documents? Like, do I really need to be investing in this right now? I mean, I have like three clients, like, do I really need to worry about this? And my answer is, first of all, yes, because the reason why I encourage you to use legal documents and legal templates and legal protections is because, and I know you all know this from your training in medicine, but when you put your legal documents in place first, then you have limited your liability. You have everyone agreeing and on the same page as to your policies around refunds or cancellations, around um, communication, around payment, around all of the areas that cause the stress and headache. Um, I know you're trained in your nursing professions to get informed consent from a patient before you provide treatment, unless it's an emergency situation, of course, and then you get it as soon as you possibly can when they're conscious and aware of what's going on, if they're not having a baby or landed on the doorstep of the hospital or whatever the case may be. But the idea, it's the same concept, like, right, you need to get assent right at the beginning. So then after that, you're protected and everyone's on the same page. So even if you only have three clients, you do want to use the correct legal documents on your website, or if you're a coach in a client agreement, or if you're um, coming from your nursing practice, your informed consent form, I mean, you want to make sure you're set up and good to go from the beginning so that you are protecting yourself right from the start. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, good. Yes. And I concur. <laughs> Even though <laughs> I am you. not a lawyer, as everyone knows, but I, I love it. And I, um, I appreciate you coming on and just taking some of your time to talk with us. And I think the conversation is so pertinent to so many, I, mean, I get so many clients who come and have this question about what can I do and what can I not do? And what are the things that I need to be aware of. And so, and I always use you as a resource because I think you're a great resource just for creating Thank the you. clarity so that we can go out and create our impact in the world and, you know, not yes. be held back or not be in a state of fear and confusion about
about, you know, if we, if we do something wrong or, you know, what happens if, um, those kinds of scenarios are, it can get, feel so overwhelming at the beginning and can really just stop us from you know, taking those next steps and creating number one, the impact and number two, you know, whatever our version of the good life is. So I appreciate just what you do and thank you for coming on the podcast and, you know, sharing your expertise and, um, for people to hear. Um, okay. So go, if you need some support, go and go find Lisa, go find those, um, all of her courses. They're so useful. If you need a consult with her and her team, set it up and get going and create the clarity that you need. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate all of your expertise and wisdom. Thank you, Anne. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you to everyone listening for the, all of the work that you do to care for people in the world. I know it's a labor of love, no matter what direction you take with your practice. And I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for caring for people and helping them to get healthier and well, it's just such an important profession. And thank you for the work that you do. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you. All right. We'll see you soon. Take care, Lisa.